And I know you got a good golf story. I got one more football question for you. You mentioned the Eagles there. By the way, what is this podcast? This is a golf digest podcast. Our bosses ask us the same thing, Rob. Welcome back to The Loop. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Steve Hennessy, Christopher Powers. We've got a fun guest today. Ross Tucker will be joining us to talk a lot of NFL, actually so much NFL that he was even confused why he was on a Golf Digest related podcast. That was that was pretty funny. Uh, we explained to him that at The Loop, we like to talk about things other than golf as well. So we like to spread it out. Of course, we're all football guys. So uh, it was great having a true football guy yeah. on there, an Ivy League football guy. That's right. Smart. Very, Bringing the, making this podcast a lot smarter. Much smarter. Thanks to uh, Ross Tucker. So we'll get to that combo in a bit. First, well, first we'll start with Steve because Steve had a huge weekend and it involved Tom Kim because we're going to talk about Tom Kim winning uh, for the second time. But it involved that. Stevie was hitting big bets. Stevie was in Kentucky at the game. He was at the track. Uh, Steve, I mean, what a weekend. What a whirlwind. Heck of a weekend. Um, the the Keeneland Kentucky football double is legendary. Prez from Barstool called it. Uh, if he had the chance to go to any college football or, you know, atmosphere, he would pick Kentucky for Keeneland and college football. Wow. Uh, Keeneland, great racetrack. Uh, yeah. we ended up going twice. We went Sunday too, cause our flight was late. So I was, uh, I was betting exactas and trifectas this time yesterday, which is kind of crazy. Um, wow. but yeah, uh, brutal football game. They lost to South Carolina. Um, Will Levis, who, you know, we were talking about on this podcast last week was hurt. Um, the, the night before I flew out, the, the guys from Kentucky radio were talking about it on a Twitter spaces. And I just happened to log in like Will Levis has a, a lower, uh, leg injury. So anyway, it's brutal, but you know, tailgating for an sec football game is pretty legendary, even at measly Kentucky, which is, um, mostly a, a basketball school still, um, still, it still a great week. Just means more. It, it just means more. I found that out. <clears throat> Yeah. what else what else can you say yeah. um and then steve you hit the you know you had a little extra money to play with especially yeah. because you hit the tom hoagie bet huge bet on on thursday with the first round leader i don't remember you dropping that one in on, on the i might have missed it um got lost in the mail even after i said i wouldn't be tailing cp's darts i did because i liked that they were such juicy odds i threw you know five i didn't even there. realize harry hall like I think he shot like he's, six under. He scared me. Yeah, I was really? texting you Thursday. I, I stopped, he was like even through six. I was like, oh, that's I, dead. And then he shot like a 66 or something. I saw that actually like showed him. I watched for like 10 minutes because I was doing something. And um, well, I watched a little more than that. But yeah, they flipped to him and he almost made an ace. And I was like all excited, but he was only like two under. Yeah. <laughs> he must have like almost birdied out his last. Yeah, he did. So yeah. I didn't think he had a chance to catch Hoagie, yeah. but um. Anyway, well done, Steve. Another yeah. first round leader under under your cap. Um, so you know, we we always say you gotta read golfdigest.com, the column. Um yep. our, our caddy made the great point again, second straight week. He made an excellent point. He said Tom Hoagie was next in line on the president's cup points list and didn't get in. Now, would they have really taken him? No, you know, they're not gonna pick Tom Hoagie, but in Tom Hoagie's mind, he was slighted in the same way Mackenzie Hughes. 
Ryan Fox mm-hmm. were the week before. So I played that angle and our guy, Andy Lack on his podcast. Cause I listen to Andy's podcast and the CP doesn't, but if you did, you would have caught the nice nugget that Tom Hoagie had great uh, course history at TPC Summerlin. And um, yes, yeah, so I felt pretty good about it through uh, 20 bones on him, 50 to one. So that. that was, that was great. I was sweating it out. Um, and then really sweating <laughs> out uh, Tom Kim, Sunday night in the Cincinnati airport, not being able to hedge. I am Stevie hedge side, but oh yeah, you would have definitely hedged. So you yeah. ended up making he probably more money did. Money. He probably he did. did. I tried. He um, tried. He tried. He couldn't do it. it saved I networked. Money. I networked, and uh, they t- the the sports book took off the line on like uh, the seventieth hole, or whatever. Can't lay tied. Tom Kim. I was like, dude, give me a hundred bucks. I I, I got to hedge a little bit. And then they took off the line. So oh, our wow. flight took off and I didn't, they were still tied going into 18 and didn't know what happened on 18 uh, until, uh, until we landed. Okay. That was epic. Yeah, that was wild. And you talk about course history, by the way, Tom Kim had never played 18 holes at TPC Summerlin until <laughs> the first round wow. ever. And he goes out there and he shoots bogey free 72 holes, yep. 24 under, the guy is such a freaking legend. It's unbelievable. And, and I I feel I'm, I was, believe me, I was rooting for him and I, I jumped on him at the halfway mark. So I got him at six to one, but nice. so at least I made something, but like you guys knew I was kicking myself for not just betting him outright at the beginning of the week. But like, I, I, I almost feel bad because now that the talk is about Cantley and the hideous triple on 18, it's like, you know, even our headline today was like, with some help from Cantley, it's like, he still was tied for the lead on 18. Like he very well could have won without Patrick Cantley putting up a triple bogey. So let's not lose fact that the guy shot 24 under bogey free second first player since tiger woods to win twice before the age of 21. And he's younger than when tiger did it. So, I mean, we, obviously we like to get carried away with things, but it's tough to get too carried away with this guy, CP. I mean, he is freaking legend. We saw it at the president's wasn't one, of, wasn't one of Tiger wasn't one of those Tiger wins in Vegas too. Or it was I, yeah. his first win was in Vegas. He beat Davis Crazy. Love in a playoff. Yeah, so a lot of things. I mean, tough, yeah, you, like you said, maybe uh, tough to oversell him right now off these last few weeks. Obviously, it's a short period of time. Yep. Um, we'll see if he can keep it up. But I mean, two wins, like you said. And remember, he was winning on all these Asian tours, yep. like mm-hmm. at a ridiculous clip to the point where. We, you know, those of us who follow the game very closely, there was talk about him, especially on gambling Twitter. I think it was this time last year, the CJ Cup, when he got in and he was still an unknown. Yes. And, and all the, the gambling people on Twitter were like, Tom yes. Kim, Thomas the Tank, Tom, this guy. People have been people yeah. have been on him for a while. That, that's cool to see. And now um, the uh, the golf world at large maybe gets to know him a little more. He's got to do it in a major for, for everyone to realize who he is. But Superstar in the making for sure. It seems like. Yeah. By the way, he finished third at the Scottish Open. Yeah. Uh, I think he lost by a shot. And I and I want to say he like three or four putted the last hole to still finish third. Like he was in the mix. Maybe yeah, right. He three putted. Get a chance. He three putted. Yeah. He three putted the last hole. But I was going to say that field had fourteen of the top fifteen in the world. It was hmm. basically a major championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it was pretty so like yeah like the fact it's not like he oh he almost won some random tour event he almost won a top top level event mm-hmm. then he goes and wins at greensboro which now it's like okay yeah no no shit like he's, he's freaking amazing <laughs> then he you know puts on a show at the president's cup and now he wins again the only thing that maybe 
not scares you, but maybe worries you. He's not going to be dominant like a, you know, a Rory young wiser or anything like is the, the length. He's not mm-hmm. the longest hitter. He's hitting a lot of like two irons, three irons, which the old guys are probably like, I love this guy. He can hit every club in the bag because he, he can. His iron play is unbelievable in, in his long iron play. But that would be the only thing. Uh, but that yeah, go, go Matt Fitzpatrick route. He'll be hit, hitting bombs for you. Know. Exactly. Exactly. That's it's not to say he can't improve on it. And, um, and he still has plenty. Of, I mean, on 18, he had 120 yards in on the 443 yard hole. So it's not like, yeah. it's not like he's a pea shooter out there. He, <laughs> he smokes it, but, um, but yeah, he, he, you know, he could definitely gain a little in the distance area, but man, what a stud. The putting um, man. I mean, yeah. all these putts, he's just hauling, walking them in and the same thing at the president's cup. He, he's yeah. like, we talked with Ross about like that if factor that some quarterbacks have. I think that's, that's true in golf. Like yeah. you have to rise to the occasion when it really matters. It seems yes. like Tom Kim's kind of like that. For sure. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. You know how much we love Tom Kim. We we did our little ballad of Tommy the Kim kid the other right. week. Uh, I ran it back this week for the grind. I had Mason just cut. We cut like a little intro outro. We we are all aboard Thomas train. Yes, train. He is the man. Um, and so we're excited about that. And and I mean, guys, from a betting perspective, oh my god. I mean, forget about Steve. You got him at thirty to one. I think he was forty at some places. Forget. I mean, geez, he's going to be like a fifteen to one guy tops yeah. now. Yeah, going forward. Even last week, he he opened yeah. at thirty, and then he was slashed very quickly to like twenty-two. Yeah, yeah wow. so, um, he's getting a lot of love. A lot of love, as he deserves. Yeah, amazing! What an amazing performance uh, by Tom Kim. Um, all right, so we want to do uh, some of these. Uh, we we want to do a ranking every week, and uh, we yeah. we thought CP and I were getting into it on Twitter, though I think Steve was maybe traveling to Kentucky. But all these cheating scandals that have come up lately, we want to rank them. Um, I guess it's just our favorite cheating scandals. I mean, some of them are just so outrageous. It's insane. So I'll start, CP, and I'll let you jump in. Um, let me see where I had them rank. Okay, so basically I see there as being five. And I'll start with golf at number five because golf, we're kind of used to golfers cheating. But the, the Matt Morose Q School thing, if people don't know it, uh, where he claimed to have hold the shot, that like it's pretty obvious he didn't hold a shot. Uh, he claimed a couple few balls were in play. They went out and found his golf balls afterwards with his markings on it. It was pretty bad. He ended up getting DQ'd. That's number five. Uh, number four is this Irish dancing thing. I don't know anything about Irish dancing, but, and I'm like, how can you even cheat in it? But obviously it's a judge thing. And we all know that there can be crooked judges everywhere. There's crooked refs. So that doesn't surprise me as much, even though it's, it's something like dancing. There's apparently there's all this other stuff going on behind the scenes, like sexual favors being traded. I mean, it's a wild story, but still it comes down to a judge and judges can be influenced. That's number four. Number three is this poker thing. And I've heard my friends talking about this like crazy. I still can't even be bothered to read all about it, but essentially that, that woman, I mean, she made the the most insane call of all time. Uh, and she clearly lied about it. She gave back the money on the spot. Very mm. weird. Um, that's number three. Number two is the chess stuff. I have gotten into this Magnus Carlson guy watching different documentaries on him. He was on 60 Minutes. He's like this freak. He's won five world championships in a row. He lost to this new guy. I think his name's Hans Neiman. He's 19 years old. He walked off and then he and then he uh, left. The next time he played this guy after one move, he just quit. 
And people were like, what's going on here? Now it comes out, this guy who was this prodigy um, may have cheated in over a hundred matches. And how do you do it live? I don't even know if we're allowed to say this, but apparently it involves vibrating anal beads. I, I can't even believe I just Dude, said that. But anyway, where are wild. we going with this? Podcast? Absolutely wild. That's number two, chess. Number one, though, has to be the newest one, CP, fishing. Yep. How do you cheat at fishing? Well, apparently you gut the fish open, <laughs> stuff weights in there, seal it back up, and then pretend you caught the fish. And then the fish, you weigh them on the scale, and they weigh a crazy amount. I don't know how people didn't notice this. They have freaking weights in the fish. Crazy thing I've ever for, seen. That's number one. I mean, they're playing for six figs. Those, those big time players. money that's on like, the line. Big I mean, time. those guys could go to jail if. if oh yeah, it's like, it's like grand larceny. Yeah, I mean, it's a felony. Steal. I, I would say I think that was a good ranking. Okay, um, thank you. Appreciate it. I would say in terms of the the length and and like the content. That's that's gotten that's come from it. This poker thing is one of the craziest oh, yeah, things I've ever seen. This is now like week three, which for poker, a sport like that, I mean, which makes me, which brings me to my next point, that I think these are all fake because these fringe <laughs> sports, all in the last two weeks, mm-hmm. fishing, yeah. Irish dance, oh, all mm-hmm. of a sudden, and and all of them get millions of views, and I'm sure yeah. these other sports are taking notes, like, ooh, a little fake cheating scandal, we could. We can draw some eyeballs to our, our little uh, right. rinky-dink sport here. So I'm calling bullshit on all of these. But if I had to rank them, I would still put the poker one because this poker is – I've never seen such drama um, out of a card game like this. It's crazy with, with the back and forth. And this girl's story has changed like 50 times oh my now. God. She For, totally she lied like- about it. You know, she got all nervous, you know, yeah. when, he called her, when he called her out originally. Um Crazy, crazy video. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, Steve, you should go watch it. I don't yeah, know how you avoided really. it. That's well, amazing. And, and like you said, I mean, stuff keeps coming out. I keep seeing, like, yep. I think it's the other guy who's involved. He keeps posting these long, like, <laughs> messages. And they're, like, pages and pages long. You and should I'm like, be allowed one notes. One. That's it. Per, one. Per week. And he's, like, enough he with the notes it. messages. People. But I agree. She's she She's been caught in a lie just from the fact that she said, oh, I didn't realize. She basically is claiming she made the wrong call. She thought she had something else. I guess she thought she had a pair on the board, but she didn't. But the video shows she like keeps, she like, it's such an amateur move. She keeps looking back at her cards like idiots would like, oh shit, there's a big pot. I'm getting nervous. Do I really have this? Do I really have this? So like, there's no way she didn't know what she had. And And the way that the way the guy reacted in real time, and he's apparently a legend. I had never heard of him. I've only heard of him. And my, my poker playing friend, um, no. like he was like a pro guy he says this guy has the best reputation like and I, I was reading like he's like the calmest guy ever he's yes. always like joking around even when he loses like a huge hand he's like great great hand there that one he like the second it happened he started looking around like he thought he was about to be arrested like the, the look yeah. on his face was like a ghost like he thought he had been cheated so i don't know right. it's a weird um it's a you can fall on either side because she um she gave the money back. That that's so crazy to me. Too. That's weird you, too. If you if you didn't cheat, you don't give the money back. You don't give the money yeah. back. Exactly. You don't, I don't give the know. money back. That that's well, like one of us just because of how how much how much they've stretched it out. Um yeah. Imagine if one of us 
sorry, go. CP go, thinks like everything is fake just because everything's such a fake. Numbies no, guy. Like honestly, I mean, he's you right a lot of times. I think this is a little yeah. too far, but he, he you're right. right. A lot of this stuff is fake, and maybe, maybe, maybe one or two of these is fake, but yeah. it's impossible. It's impossible to tell anymore, and that's what I hate about it. It's just like, is anything? And then you you see some of these like um these videos that go viral that are like whatever reactions or, or funny oh, shit. Oh yeah. And yeah. people go, Oh, this is fake. And then you'll see people be like, yeah, it's a sketch. Like it's supposed to be funny. It's like, well now where's the line on like skit versus cause they, you're, they're passed off as like real reaction right. videos to like your team losing or whatever. Right. And then it's like, Oh, it's a skit. And it's like, well, where's the, like, is anything yeah. real anymore? I have no, I can't tell anymore. That's why I'm calling bullshit on all these cheating scandals. Well, that leads right to our guy, Nathan Fielder. Though, because he, I mean, no one yeah. straddles that line. We don't, his, his shows are incredible. But like, honestly, you leave being like, was that, was that real? I like, is it possible <laughs> that there are people out there who like fell for this or like, you know, this or that, like, and, and obviously he was at the Mets game putting on his classic Nathan Fielder that'll face. Be, that'll be on season two, hopefully of the rehearsal. Oh, exactly. And, and, and he's by getting the way, too right. famous now. I don't know if he's going to keep doing right. it. Might, it might people. be tougher for him to pull it, pull stuff like that off. Yeah. RIP Mets, by the way, not a lot of tears. <sighs> yeah. Come on. Let's here, get into it. See it. But, yeah, let's uh, get into it after what a, Ross. What a joke. <laughs> what a joke. All right. Let's get the Ross Tucker first, um, who, by the way, we're kind of proving his point. Not, not really talking a lot of golf here, especially <laughs> in, uh, poker and fishing scandals and all that. But uh, we had a chance to talk to Ross Tucker, uh, former NFL player and current podcaster extraordinaire. Please have a listen to our chat with Ross Tucker. We're now pumped to be joined by Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, broadcasts uh, Sunday Night Football for Westwood One and an all-Ivy League selection from the beautiful Princeton University. You got a couple of New Jersey guys here, Ross, so had to throw that out there. Uh, and You obviously- know what's funny about that, Steve? So, yeah. first of all, you know, since it's, since we're talking, since it's for Golf Digest, you got to mention the Ivy League thing, right? Yeah. Probably, probably like half your audience is like <laughs> Ivy League. There. Yeah. And then um, true. what's so funny, to this day, everybody's heard of Princeton. Everybody knows about Princeton. Yeah. Everybody knows it's awesome, whatever. I think I feel like almost half the people don't know it's in New Jersey. <laughs> I still will get that. Yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, you went to print. That's amazing. Number one school. Where is that? And I'll yeah. be like, <laughs> Central New Jersey. They're like, wait, what? Yeah, they assume New England because that's where most of the Ivy League is. But yeah. you know, as Jersey people, we have to brag about it. Princeton's in New Jersey. Exactly. So well, you know what's interesting too is um, like as an NFL player, okay, mm-hmm. you fly into Newark, yeah, and you drive to like the Meadowlands Sheridan mm-hmm. or whatever, right? And that's all like the guys from the West Coast yeah. and the South know of New Jersey. That's true. A lot of <laughs> all they know of New Jersey right. is the turnpike. Yeah. Um, you know, the industrial section Warehouse of the turnpike. So they're the like, they the think New parts. Jersey, that and like the Jersey Shore TV show, <laughs> they think New Jersey's oh. like the worst place in the world. That's <laughs> right. Amazing. But Princeton's Shit. beautiful. Uh, so anyway, and Ross is brought uh, his podcast network is incredible i always listen to his even money podcast with steve fezzik as a gambler it's must listen every tuesday so uh we're recording this on monday so before ross does that so we're gonna get his thoughts um before the podcast which is great um but ross did the the game last night for westwood one and that was Bengals ravens and i hear he had some interesting travel we'll ask 
about that in a bit. But I got to ask you about this phenomenon, Ross, because we got two Super Bowl teams, the, the Rams and the Bengals, and they're both two and three now. And it seems to be something where these Super Bowl teams, there's a little lull after they, they make it to the big game. So, you know, you've been in these locker rooms as a player. What, what do you kind of attribute that to? Well, I guess I would start with I, I don't know that either one of these teams were great teams last yeah, year. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they were both good teams. Don't get me wrong. You know, they won their divisions. They won playoff games. But I think on some level, these teams went on great playoff runs. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the Rams won on the road at Tampa yep. um, a year ago in a playoff game because I called that game, which we thought might be Tom Brady's last game that's right i guess my press pass from that game would have been a lot more valuable <laughs> if it had been. um and and the Bengals went on an epic playoff run people forget like they're hosting the wild card round against the raiders Derek carr is at the eight yard line yep. Derek carr throws a touchdown About the Bengals to lose so yeah. they're both um I, i'm a little surprised they're both two and three i think more like three and two four and one yeah but they weren't dominant teams a year ago. They weren't like your classic Super Bowl, you know, 14 and three, you know, powerhouse teams. I think what I really learned last year in the playoffs is just how hard it is. Right. I mean, I Mm -hmm. think we already knew that, but think about like every playoff game, chiefs bills, like that, the ending, the margin there, bucks, Mm -hmm. Rams, every Bengals game. Like those are all seemingly coin toss games where it was a play here, a play there. And the Rams and the Bengals happened to be the two teams that sort of got through all that unscathed. Mm -hmm. The Bengals added some guys and they're kind of putting them together on the offensive line, which takes some time with chemistry Mm -hmm. and continuity. And the Rams lost two starting offensive linemen. They got a couple Mm -hmm. others banged up now. They don't have Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, they, they lost some real pieces. Yeah. And these guys are chomping at the bit to ask you Giants questions, but I got one more based on last night's game, this game management stuff. Um, you know, oh. your guy Fezzik, uh, you know, is huge into analytics and, you know, always tweets out when coaches get this stuff wrong, but I'm curious what, where you stand on these coaches. They're so hyper aggressive. You got, you know, Kevin Stefanski. Uh, I think he went for it on his own 25. And then last night, Zach Taylor, you know, a field goal ties the game in the third quarter. Do you think, you know, these guys like Brandon Staley, Sirianni, they're going a little too extreme with these analytics stuff. Well, first of all, I love uh, that you mentioned in like the Even Money podcast. Yeah. I know we'll get into that, but uh, not a great weekend, by the way. Every other weekend, it's, we're it's always been pretty up. Good. I don't know. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't check the numbers yet, but I feel like we, we were about, about even for the weekend. You know, I can tell you this. Every team that I'm aware of has an analytics staff now right and they have what they you know by the way it's so funny that you guys this is for golf digest because i know a lot of people their two favorite sports to bet are golf and football that's right that's their two favorite sports to bet you know i remember during covid like people i didn't even think like golf were betting on golf it was unbelievable right they were so into it um but they have win probability statistics for basically every game situation. And so I think they know what the percentage chance is that, I don't know if this is the case for Brandon Staley, okay? But let's just say it is. If you punt it away there, there's probably a pretty decent percentage that Jacoby Brissett and the Browns 
take the ball down the field because they're desperate. They have to, they have mm -hmm. four downs, not three, right. mm -hmm. four downs to get in field goal range. Whereas yeah. if you get the first down game's over, it's done. Correct. Right. Yeah. So let's say you get the first down. Let's say that's 50, 50. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I think, I don't know the exact numbers, but what I would tell you is these guys aren't making these decisions on a whim. Sure. They right. are given the win probability numbers. That doesn't mean they always follow the numbers. Right. In fact, I know it was a Thursday night game at Kansas city. Uh, Staley actually punted away a couple of times where the win probability numbers would have said to go for it. Mm. Um, because I, I asked like the analytics community and they said those were both green situations. Go mm. for it. Um, so every decision has an expected uh, outcome percentage yeah. and they, they go off of that. Like I do the army football games on TV on Saturdays and they go for it a ton. Sure. And they have a book that literally tells them every situation, every portion of the field, mm -hmm. whether or not they go for it or not, just based on historical data over the last couple of years. Yeah. Do you like that? I mean, I, not to single you out as a Princeton guy, but you know, the, <laughs> analytic, the, the whole analytics movement, we've seen it in other sports. Now it's getting to the NFL. Um, obviously it wasn't like that when you were still in the NFL, or at least to this extent, do you like where it's going or, or, you know, do you think it's taken away from some of the, the gut calls that the coaches used to have to make? Well, that's just it. They, they still are making gut calls, right? Because they're not all just following the analytics all the time. Mm. Staley went against it a couple of times. I don't even know if his decision in Cleveland was what the numbers said or not. Mm. What I like is that they are making informed decisions, right? Mm -hmm. Right. It used to be anytime you've got fourth and goal at the two, you kick the field goal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, just get, get the points, take the points. Get the point. Take but they've done the data where it's like your percentage chance of um, getting the touchdown is whatever. But then even if you don't get it, there's tremendous value in pinning the other opponent on the one or two. Right. Mm -hmm. They're typically conservative with their play calling. Mm -hmm. A high percentage of time, they end up having to punt backed up. And it's almost like you're guaranteeing yourself a field goal in the next possession right. because right. you're going to get the ball on their side of the field. So I like that we should all in life look. I have three small businesses, right? Like I, I would like to make every decision for those businesses, at least knowing what the numbers tell me would be the best decision to make. I might still be like, nope, I'm not feeling it. You know, I know that's what the numbers say, but my sales guy's awful. I should fire him, but I haven't yet, so I can't. You know what I mean? Whatever it is. I, I at least want to know the data before I make it back. Back in the day, it was strictly um, gut decisions. Mm -hmm. And they're not like that. I mean, the, the coaches spend all week looking at the opponent to go over the probability that they use certain plays in certain formations, right? Like that's the whole preparation is what's their, what do they like to do? What's the greatest probability of, you know, high tendency this is the word they use it. Hmm. Well, why don't you make a decision knowing the tendencies of what the results of that decision will be? Right. Yep. Well, I'd love to get to the Giants, but I think we, we got to ask major controversy yesterday with the Tom Brady roughing the passer. I'm wondering where he, it, it's very like people seem to say it's kind of like the Tua play where it was roughing. A lot of the people think it was Brady related that he got the call at all. What, what did you kind of see on that play? 
um, from your perspective? You know, I um, I talked about this quite a bit um, on the Ross Tucker football podcast this morning. I, I don't know what it looked like. I I did Eastern Michigan at Western Michigan on TV on Saturday. Nice. Somehow was able to get from Kalamazoo back to Central <laughs> Pennsylvania Saturday night. Woke up, did the Eagles pregame show for three hours, then drove to Baltimore <laughs> wow, to do the, nice. game, do the game last night. And then my producer produces other games and had to travel. So the only time he could record the Ross Tucker football podcast was 630 this morning. So I did that show on three hours sleep. Um, and I'll tell you what I said. I am a really um, process oriented guy. So I hate when people spend the whole day. Terrible call, man. Ref suck. Ref suck. Terrible call. These are the best guys we have. These are the best guys in the world. And what people don't realize is it's a lot harder when you're out there and you're trying not to get hit or hurt and things are moving so fast as opposed to us watching it in slow-mo five times <laughs> from our couch, right? It was not a penalty. It should not have been a penalty. Grady right. Jarrett was just doing what it took to get Tom Brady to the ground. However, if you look at where Boger, the referee, was standing – Grazier did kind of have to sling him down to get him down. Now, I didn't think it was egregious, did not think it merited a penalty, but he slung him in Boger's direction. So from yeah. Boger's perspective, it was like Brady was already down, already in the grasp, and then Jarrett slung him. And here's what I know, because I talked to the refs. They've been taught, when in doubt, throw the flag yeah. when it comes to player safety. Right especially protecting the quarterbacks. Right. So picture your Boger. You see Brady get flipped over. Probably part of it is you know it's Brady. And you've been taught, when in doubt, throw the flag. You're, you're probably – there's a decent chance you throw that flag too, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that, that's what the standard is that you've been taught. Right. So I don't agree with the standard. I don't agree with that, when in doubt, throw the flag. And also, we need to have a mechanism in place – to correct obviously egregious yes. mistakes like that, yeah. right? Like that should be reviewable. And someone in New York should say, hey, Jerome, let's just take another look at it because mm -hmm. I can see why you threw it, but boy, I don't think this should be a penalty. You know what? You're right. There's no penalty. That's yeah. what I think. But I don't know that we're going to get there because once they went back on pass interference, yeah. I don't know that they're going to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like, you know, as a fan, just watching these games, there's so many penalties thrown on, you know, quarterback hits and obviously player safety is so important, but it you just expect the flag to come out every time and what you say makes sense, have refs are taught, but it's like, you know, at some degree you're, you're just hurting the fan entertainment part of it. Uh, it's, it's tough. Well, so here's what they would, here's what they would argue. They would argue, there's already a lot of backup quarterbacks out there. Mm -hmm. And if they don't protect the backup quarterbacks, I mean, they don't protect the starting quarterbacks. There's going to be even more backup quarterbacks, yeah. which is really taking yeah. away from That's the fan product. enjoyment. Right. Yeah. Really taking away from the, I mean, we are already protecting the quarterbacks and Tua's hurt. And Dak's hurt. And uh, Bridgewater got hurt and the Dolphins are down to their third quarterback. So mm -hmm. they could argue the exact opposite point. Yeah, it sums up the NFL fan in general, just, you know, complaining about a call. And then when the Thursday night game rolls around and it's, you know, two backups, they're going to complain about that, too. Right. So it's kind of thank you. Ends. Thank <laughs> you. Exactly. 
Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, I know he's he's not technically an Ivy League guy, but Daniel Jones is, is <laughs> did go to Duke, which is you know pretty pretty decent uh, institution there. What are your thoughts on him? We know this is kind of a make or break year for him. Uh, Chris and I are are fans. We we've been believers in him. Steve, not so much. We're all Giants fans, but we all want him to succeed. What are your thoughts on him so far, and especially that game in London, uh, knocking off the Packers? You want to hear something crazy? By the way, yeah. Daniel Jones committed to Princeton. Wow. Wow. So he's that, he did guy. not get an offer from duke until late his senior year That's he amazing. was gonna go to princeton i've talked to him about it that's amazing the princeton head coach told me that he committed to Princeton. that's where he's going wow and then late in the side i don't know what happened but yeah. duke offered him a scholarship so he thought oh boy you know cut cliff yeah. and full ride and whatever yeah um well he got that coach k money Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really like him. Um, I really like yeah. him. You know why I like him? He's smart. He's tough as nails. Yep. Yeah. Right. You don't think he's tough as nails because he he kind of looks like a like a you know a preppy white boy or whatever right. you know right. like looks like he's in a Abercrombie and Fitch catalog, right? So you're not thinking that. No, he's tough. Yeah. Um, love how tough he was in London using his legs. I guess. I don't think he'll ever be a top 10 quarterback. Yeah. Okay. I think he, he might be good enough to be top 20, Okay. maybe even top 15. But I guess my point is, and I know he's had several coaches and the thing is, is like, you know, he's smart, you know, he's tough, you know, he has a good arm. Yeah. You know, he's pretty accurate and he can um, run and he runs like, a and he can run yeah. that, you know, what's interesting about it? like, those are all tools. Mm -hmm. Those are all skills. You have to like put them all together. He, he makes, he holds on to the ball at times. He misses throws at times. He makes poor decisions at times. You know, he might, I don't know what he got his SATs, but the only thing that the only decision or intelligence that really matters is your split second intelligence in the arena. And I've just seen him make enough bad throws, slow decisions, bad decisions that it's hard for me to imagine him ever being a top 10 guy because throughout his career, he hasn't even been top 20. He's probably been 20 to 25, maybe. So I think he can get into the top 20 and then you have to decide whether or not that's worth keeping as your starting quarterback. The Ryan, the Ryan Tannehill debacle. There you go. Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton, which by the way, it's so interesting because people, there's always fan fans that have those guys as their quarterback. Watch like Mahomes or Josh Allen play, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. "Man, I really want one of them." Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. But then you watch like the Panthers play with Baker yeah. Mayfield, or you watch oh. some of these other teams, oh. you know, um, and you're like, "I'd kill somebody for Kirk Cousins right now. Right. I would kill <laughs> a man for Kirk Cousins right now." Right. You know, so. It's all a matter of perspective, right. but if you're a top 20 guy, um, there's always going to be at least five teams that want you. If you're 20 to 25, like let's say Carson Wentz is the 23rd best quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not always going to be teams that want you because there's going to be teams that say that's bad enough that I'd rather get a young guy yes. and see if he can be better than that. Right. 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 Yeah. it's a good yeah. way to put it. Um, 
And I know you got a good golf story. I got one more football question for you. You mentioned the Eagles there. By the way, what is this podcast? This is a golf, <laughs> this is a golf digest podcast. Our bosses, talk football? our bosses ask us the same thing, Ross. It's but, all, you know, it's all it's over. Betting, betting it's on all golf, over. betting on sports. And, yeah. yeah. God, we'll get okay, one okay. golf story in there just so we'll, we'll cover our bases. My whole life, by the way, um, my whole life, by the way, my dad, I think he still ha- has a subscription to Golf Digest. Right. My dad, just so you know, five nine a buck seventy. Uh-huh. Um, county golf champion, did not uh-huh. play football. Wow. Um, got cut from the high school basketball team, but county golf champion. Wow. So uh, this will be like the greatest media thing I've ever done. Oh, I love <laughs> so it. Mr. finally Tucker. think I've arrived. Mr. Tucker, thank you for Tucker, your well subscription done, yeah. and being a exactly. fan of Golf Digest. Yep, yeah. um, but you mentioned the Eagles, Ross. Just, you know, the Giants are one game behind the Eagles somehow, and the Eagles are undefeated. Um, you know, do you think the Eagles kind of run away with – well, A, the division, but are, are they the, truly the team to beat in the in the uh, NFC right now? You know, I think they are. I, yeah. I think right now they are. And look, you know, we talked about it earlier. Who knows what happens in the playoffs, right? I mean, a yeah. million different things can happen once you get there. I think the Eagles objectively have the best roster in the NFL. Wow. I mean, they are re- – if you go through and look at it, it is – it's Wow. Um, to the point where, like, I don't even know what their worst position group is. Maybe safety, maybe linebacker. And they're still probably top half of the league at both those positions. Hmm. I mean, it's the best linebackers they've had in a long time, best corners they've had in a long time, best wide receivers they've had maybe ever. I mean, they just have a really, really good roster. Hmm. So I do think they're the best team. They're starting to get some injuries. Hmm. Uh, they struggled with Arizona. Yeah. Uh, but I always kind of felt like as a player, if you play bad and you still win on the road, it's you're probably pretty good. You're probably yeah. a pretty good team. So yeah. I I think they're clearly better than the Cowboys and the Giants, but I do think the Cowboys and Giants are going to be in the mix until the end. Very good chance the NFC East gets three playoff teams yeah. with the way those teams are playing. Because that win yesterday for the Giants was everything. I mean, yeah. everything. Because now those awesome. guys, for the rest of the year, those guys believe – and those yeah. guys are a thousand percent bought into Brian Dable. If they weren't already, they're a thousand percent in. Because I know what it's like to have a new head coach, mm. and you get a big win like that over the Packers. Like in the Giants' mind right now, they're going to win the rest of the games this whole year, and they're going to the Super Bowl. Like that's how <laughs> that's how good of a feeling it is when you're on a streak like they're on. Yeah, love it. Well, got to hear the the golf. Yeah, story. Yeah, we need your crazy golf story. Here. Yeah, we need. We need to <laughs> okay. Um. So, grew up getting golf lessons. Okay. And in fact, summer before ninth grade, I think I was getting pretty good to the point where the golf pro said to my dad, like, he might be able to beat you like in a year or two. Like I was getting pretty good. Hmm. But then, um, you know, I really highly prioritized high school football and basketball, right? So Hmm. like, I was really into those sports. That was really important to me. And so I kind of didn't golf that much. My dad would always want me to golf. And I'd be like, no, I want to go play, pick up hoops against like older dudes or lift weights for football. So golf kind of got put in the back burner, right? I'm in the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys have their own country club. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like called the Dallas Cowboys club or something. I don't even remember. Well, in the off season, all you do is lift weights, right? So by the way, there's a giants tie in here too. Okay. All you do is lift weights. So I thought, at the Cowboys Club, you could you could play for free, 
you could hit balls for free and you could get like a crazy discount on lessons. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm like, all you do in the off season is lift weights. It's gorgeous. It's Dallas. I got like a free membership to this country club. I'm going to get lessons. Like I'm going to use this off season to get back into golf and get really good at it. I'm mm -hmm. in Dallas. Like I'm 23 years old. What else am I going to do? Right. <laughs> so I'm getting a lesson from this guy, like Australian dude keeps having me pause on my backswing. Mm -hmm. Like, pause hold pause i go in the next day to lift weights i'm hang cleaning 135 which if you're not familiar because you're a golf dude it's like <laughs> the least amount of weight you'd ever see a football player hang clean okay, okay. <laughs> i hang clean one i feel like a tear in my upper back oh. and i know why it happened it happened because i kept pausing on my backswing <laughs> in that stretch so i somehow get through the rest of practice right i mean the rest of weightlifting yeah I go into the trainers. I'm like, yeah, I did something on my back. Like, can I get some ice or something? So I'm head down. And they're like, what do you think happened? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I, I got a golf lesson yesterday. The guy kept having me pause on my backswing. But heads down. I'm, it's May. Okay, it's May. Mm -hmm. In the NFL training room. I'm the only guy in there. It's May. Right. Head down. All of a sudden, I hear the head coach. I hear the voice of our head coach, Bill Parcells, walk in. <laughs> He says to the trainer, what who's that? The trainer <laughs> says, Tucker. What happened to him? Heard his back golfing. Oh no. <laughs> so I'm a Princeton guy <laughs> that hurt yeah. my back golfing. Yeah. I was toast, dude. Oh, oh, he already didn't like the fact that I was a Princeton guy, I don't yeah. think. <laughs> and then I hurt my back golfing, oh. and he was just like, Nope. Uh, I got cut like two weeks later <laughs> and um, I ended up having a back surgery when I played for the oh, bills geez. and I've tried to low back mm -hmm. multi-disc multi-level. I've tried multiple times to hit balls since then. I just can't do it, which is like, oh, I have no man. idea how Tiger Woods came back to play golf or like yeah. how Tony Romo plays so much yeah. golf. Yeah. Golf is not good for your back. Like no. that rotation is very unnatural yeah. The only, like I can't play basketball because my back and my right knee. I don't golf because it aggravates it. Oh. Uh, the only thing I can do is ski. Believe it or not, I can ski, yeah. um, which I love. It's, I, I go right from football season to skiing season sure. to beer pong season to beach <laughs> season back to football season. Yeah. Um, yeah, these are the things I talk about on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. There you it's go. Daily, thirty minutes or less. I got a fantasy podcast, fantasy feast. I got a college betting podcast, yeah. a college draft, and I've got the Ross, uh, the Even Money podcast, which I'm just literally Google top five betting podcast, football betting podcast, top five NFL gambling podcast. I've never seen one where we don't come up. It's the Even Money podcast. We record 11 a.m. Eastern on Tuesdays. Highly recommend you listen to it as soon as possible because. The lines change in yeah. our favor a lot. I don't know uh, if they're listening to the show or yeah. yeah. just knows, but the lines it, change in our favor a lot often. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm leading these guys in our season long pick them mostly because of you guys. Now the secret's out, but uh, no, everyone should go listen to Even Money. Uh, Ross is great and Fezzik knows his stuff uh, in the gambling space. So Ross, this is great, man. Thanks so much. We got to connect you with a, a golf instructor to figure out the back thing. We got to yeah, get seriously. back playing golf. 
uh, we'll figure. Yeah, that out. I don't. I also don't like. You know, I, I part of me needs to because so many of my uh, buddies do. Yeah, you know, right. it's such a social thing. Right. But I also don't like sweating unless I'm working out. You know, <laughs> like the only way I would golf was if I actually walked. Like, and I got yeah. the calorie burn yeah, of yeah, walking. Yeah. I wouldn't be a cart guy, yeah. but then there's no way I would golf without drinking. So I don't know what the last yeah. few holes would be like if I'm walking the whole time and drinking the whole time could get ugly. I could be looking like Tua there at the end of the game. <laughs> there's an in-between there somewhere. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Ross, thanks so much, man. Thanks so much, Ross. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it, man. My pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks a lot to Ross Tucker for joining us. I think, I think CP and I were pleased by his Daniel Jones assessment. I mean, Look, I, I think we agree that like he's never going to be a superstar, but we we had him what in the top twenty, and he already said he might be top twenty, he could be top fifteen. So that's kind of what we were saying. I, I I'd like to think that maybe he could be a top ten with if everything fell right. But wow. anyway, I was glad to see that assessment. Steve, what any have you changed your mind on him after that Packers upset? Biggest win for the Giants since the Super Bowl that they won. I mean, let's yep. be honest. Yeah, huge. Yeah. And yes. I have respect for Daniel Jones after that, you know, and he played her performance gutsy because gutsy, we didn't even think he was going to play. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he played the game that the giants need him to play in order to win games. Like, you know, if, if they, if their defense plays great and they're, you know, Saquon really won the game. I mean, if Saquon is Saquon like that, then yeah, they could win 10 games easy with a, you know, a top 21, 22 quarterback. Um, and he played great. A lot of respect. All right. All right. There we go. There we go. Oh. Um, all right. Let's get to our NFL picks. CP, tell us how we did last week. I think I did a little better. I, I'd gone 0 and 3. Two I went before. I went two and one. I had a great week and I and I lost the game on both of you. Hey. Yes. So we both, both went three and oh. Oh, but I don't need Steve going three and oh. Damn yeah. it. But I, all right. I knew I thought I might have ah. gone three and oh. Steve, right. um Vikings covered by the the hair of their Ooh, that was close chin. six, six and, and a half. half. Steve, that was close. Steve got them. They won by seven. And I want to say, didn't they? They went for two. What happened? In that they game? went for two. They went for two, end. right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, I mean, they obviously had to go for two, but right, if they didn't get yep. it, then they don't cover. Yeah. Yep. So Cleveland plus three. That was a nice hit. Um, mm. They should have won that game out, right? Obviously, yeah. but uh good hit anyway. And then the Niners was, I guess, the lock in retrospect, the lock mm-hmm. of the century in, in the history of football because the Panthers are bet against Matt Rule, as I worst. said last week. Well, now oh, I guess and, he... and Baker and I said Baker, I used to like him. I mean, he stinks. He's just yeah. stinks. absolutely horrendous. But um, you know, so... if that's any indication, you gotta bet the line when it opens because both of those bets, like they don't win if you catch the line closer on Sunday. So it moved, you know, in my direction. Thing. Yeah. And by the way, oh, how yeah. about Ross? When we talked, when he talked about bad quarterbacks, I think the first guy he mentioned was Baker Mayfield. So that's how <laughs> bad Baker Mayfield is. I mean, he actually might be. He might be the worst. He might be the worst. I mean, yeah. if you really look at it. Although he also mentioned Wentz, and he had Wentz at like twenty-three. That's kind of great. I mean, Wentz. Wentz wow, that last play. Woo! Classic. Yeah, actually played a decent game, and then just threw it away on the goal line. Brutal. Yeah, I mean. I would I would take a lot of these guys over Baker and I would take Mariota over Baker right now. I mean Gino yeah. Gino's slinging it. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. slinging it. Definitely they score points. So um, good to see Metcalf still thriving and uh, lock with, it, with, lock uh, it, man, lock it. I was gonna I meant to slack after that second touchdown. I was like, was lock it the reason Russ was that good? Ah, he's a great player. <laughs> 
He's a because Gino dropped a dime in there, and it looked just like he and Russ used to do. It, it really so. did. It was um, he's a great player, but no, I, I hope Russ gets out of this. Um, yeah, I know, the, injury, the injury so thing, and I saw actually uh, Ross Tucker had some a video on it, and he makes a great point. If you play, then you play. But yeah. this thing came out about the partially torn lat. Yeah. I mean, look, it honestly makes sense because I really don't think he could be this bad. Yeah, and I know I, I love him, and he's been horrible. I mean, that game was – it was tough to watch. But I just can't imagine. And he was slinging it in the beginning of that Raiders game, and then apparently he got hurt. Yep. And it said the last and then couple it's Thursday years. night football. Exactly. It's so it's it tough. makes a little more sense. That's the only thing. I'm, but I, I, as of now, I'm not even going to watch Monday night. I've never missed uh, But it, and that was the easy part of their schedule to go two and three. They're brutal. They're done. They're done. So uh, ten and five. Steve is now ten and five. Wow, nice job. Yeah. Myers gets back to seven and eight with that. Myers had the Titans, which covered by Woo, thank half, you, course covered half a point. Yep. Yep. Also had the Vikings covered yep. by a half, and you had uh, you had the Colts um, plus three and a half. So I'm right. I went I, and you guys were betting left and right on the Broncos. Oh and my yeah. god! Said, and we said and it was we too almost, fishy. It was too we almost for me. we almost backdoored it like twice. Um, oh yeah, Russ. I mean, he owes me thirty five bucks. Yeah, for, yeah. I mean, that, that pick, bad. the pick when they were in field. Both of them was stunning. Absolutely stunning. stunning. Yeah, two I, uh, I would have went three and zero oh if I didn't bet against our our New York Giants. That was my only loss was mm, the Green Bay Packers uh, minus seven and a half. So Giants are officially frisky. I was also on the Cardinals who hung on. Um, actually bet them for real too. And I was rooting for them to miss that field goal at the end so that they could cover and I didn't have to deal with OT. So that was a nice, <laughs> nice field goal. And then uh, Buffalo, the big spread. Um, yeah. Nice job. 14 cash with these. Cause the Steelers are Steelers are in shambles right now. It's that's a tough scene over there. Um, on to week six, Steve is the leader at 10 and five Myers is at seven and eight. I'm at five and 10. I got work to do. So we'll go to Steve for his picks. I feel like for now on, whoever has the best record from last week gets to pick where they want to go because it feels like a lot of pressure picking first. I'm happy to do that, but going forward, I, I propose that. All right. Anyway. And the rules. I mean, are there rules? There are no rules. I mean, we've done this every week. Guy in first gets to go. All right. Well, I will gladly go first, as it seems like I will most weeks. Um, my first bet, uh, let's see. We're going to go Bengals minus one and a half against the saints um saints just feel like they're not very good and feel like that line gets closer to three so i'm getting some closing line value at the end of the week uh you know we don't know what the Bengals will be i know that was last night I'm losing my mind i didn't watch because i was in the air um but yeah so i feel like you're getting a little value since they lost that tough game so minus one and a half cincinnati um we will go with the pats plus three on the road at cleveland um apparently mac jones might be back the browns i don't think are very good they should have won the game but um i think the pats could just run all over that cleveland defense um and, and belichick will figure out a way to stop chubb so i'm getting three there i like that um and then i don't know what to do with my third pick i, th I think i'm gonna go uh miami plus three at home against minnesota Everything I heard was Tua was clear to play last week and still didn't play. So I'm hoping he'll get to play this week. If so, that number feels nice. Minnesota should have lost to Chicago 
uh, or they could have lost last week at home to Chicago. So um, I'm going to go Miami plus three, Pats plus three, Bengals minus one and a half. Those are my three. All right. Locked in. Very nice. Um, uh, let's see. I had a couple bounce off at me right here. Where are they? Uh, sorry. Old man Myers here. Uh, <laughs> man, I, I forgot about one that I was going to take. Damn it. It's too late, right? You're locked in. Right, you can flip it. You can, can flip, flip it. Flip it. Yeah, it's still your turn. Okay. So instead of Miami, just in case Tua doesn't play, I'm going to go with Chicago minus one at home against Washington. Just bet against Washington. Awful. Chicago could have won that game against Minnesota. Boom. There you this go. Got, I think I think the commanders have been like a one point spread every week. Just yeah. that they have no idea what to do with them. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they are. That will be a very sweaty game. That will go down to like the last possession. Um, that's, you know, you're going to need some thick skin to take that bet, but we'll ride with it. All right. My first play is one of these fishy bets again. I don't like it at all, but I'm just going to take it. Seahawks at home plus two and a half against the Cardinals. I think both teams stink, obviously. Uh, Seahawks have been much better than anyone expected, especially on offense for sure with Geno. Uh, but uh, I just think they're at home. They probably win the game. You're getting two and a half points. So I will go Seahawks at home. Um, it was another fishy one that I thought, oh, I'm going to take Bengals on the road against the Saints. Um, you know, Bengals, tough loss against the Ravens. Um, I think they bounce back. I think they desperately need this game. I know the Saints do too, but I just don't think the Saints are that good. I'll take Bengals minus one and a half on the road to beat the saints in the dome. And then finally, man, I hate to do it. I got victimized the first week doing this CP got victimized last week. I'm going to pick against our giants again. I'm going to take the Ravens on the road at New York minus five. I think it should be a bigger line. Um, I, 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 the giants have been great. Daniel Jones has been a warrior. Saquon has been MVP caliber player. But I just, man, whenever they play a QB that can run a little, I just, mm. I, I don't, I don't trust it. Uh, I could see it getting out of hand. I'll take Ravens minus five at the Meadowlands. That's a fishy ends. line too. So you're yeah. probably isn't that fishy? I yeah. think it's a little five pointer. They're yeah. asking oh. you to take the Giants. Right. They're begging you to take the Giants. Yeah. So mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Very nice. Um... I'm going to go against you two because A, I need to make up some ground and B, it's, it's so fishy. And I think, um, I think off division games like that, that game last night was a tough one for the Bengals hard fought. Um, they could be a little banged up after that. And again, fishy line here. And I think maybe the, uh, the saints D line can get after Burrow a little bit because they've had some, some real trouble with that O line. So I'm going to go with the saints. Hopefully we get Winston back too, although he kind of stinks. So, um, but I'm going to go with the Saints plus one and a half to hopefully gain some ground on you both. Ooh. And they're in the dome. And I think uh, I actually think we might see this Bengals thing implode a little bit here. Taylor gets fired. And he is awful. Fired. Yeah. He's going to um, get fired after going to the Super Bowl. He ain't going to get fired soon. No way. Not soon. I, I think I think we might see this thing implode here and he gets fired. Um, this season. Chatter, there's enough chatter about him. I can't. I can't see it happening. This, um, no way. I would be surprised if he if he uh, if he's there next year. So I'll go Saints there. Um, man, 
doing this live like Bill O'Reilly. This is tough. <laughs> oh, man. My Chiefs getting two and a half at home against Buffalo. That's so fishy. Yeah, that's very fishy um, too. Yeah, I, I think you got to have some some guts here, and and I do think Buffalo is a wagon. So I'm gonna go with the Bills on the road. Little revenge, minus two and a half. I think it'll be close, high scoring, and hopefully you can uh, win on the field goal. So Buffalo on the road, plus two and a half or minus two and a half. Sorry, write it down. Sorry, sorry. And then last but not least, um, Cooper Rush on the road in Philly. Dangerous. Oh my God. I'll go Green Bay. I, I think the Jets got to come back down to earth here. And uh, obviously the Packers need to get up off the mat. It's at Lambeau. Um, going to be a tough environment for our boy Zach Wilson. So we'll go GB minus seven. Saints, Buffalo, Packers for me. All right, very good. Uh, we move on to the PGA Tour Zozo Championship uh, in Japan. So get the, get your bets in early. Uh, I think it'll be coming off Wednesday night. Uh, Xander Shoffley is the favorite, plus eight hundred. We all know about his ties to Japan. Obviously, he won the gold medal there as well. Um, any thoughts here, guys? I mean, Steve, you're the hot one coming off the Tom Kim, Tom, the double Tom win, Hoagie and Kim. I mean, that is like insane. That's true. Any, uh, any plays for you so far? Any first round leader that you actually want to tell us about? Uh, you know, <laughs> who any Toms in this field? Let's see. I'm scrolling down. Tom Otsaki. Um, Kim and Hoagie are both in it. Are Hoagie's playing? I yeah. Tom Kim is 16 to 1. 16 uh, to 1. There we go. That's what we just go. said. It's going to be like 15, 16. Yep. There Tommy Fleetwood playing. Maybe, you know, oh, keep, Tom. keep the go. Toms going. Um, yeah. The one guy I do like is uh, Sahith Tagala. I feel like he plays the best golf when, you know, driver isn't so important. And this, if I remember correctly, because Hideki won here last year and I hit that bet, no big deal. Um, but you, you kind of just got to like be really precise off the tee into the greens. Um, and Seth is just like off the tee is his, not his strongest suit. So he kind of get away with not being the longest off the tee and make a bunch of putts. He's over there right now. He was playing practice around yesterday. Um, so I, I love the, you know, putting in the extra preparation narrative street, but 50 to one, you know, it feels like his time's coming on the PGA tour. Um, and this course, just a little tidbit from our guy, Rick Gaiman, it's, there's five par threes here, three par fives. So again, I don't think length is really overly important here at the Zozo. So, um, you know, we got to be really good at par threes. That That's kind of uh, just a little bonus thing. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, that, that's, that's what I got so far, at least. Uh, Tagala, let's go. CP, nice. anything? I would say haven't really gotten a great look but i i, I would uh hatton would be my first um my hatton. first okay. click if i was going to click right now at 20 to 1 tyrell oh. hatton tyrell hatton very nice um we do want to mention obviously that the yankees are still in the playoffs uh in fact they haven't even started yet because they won a division Unlike yeah Mets. um so they got that nice little buy and the mets are done um and that and it made me i just someone passed me along this mad dog uh, and actually, this is not even really at the Mets. I mean, the whole thing was, but um, this little part goes back to what we were talking about with Derek Lowe last week. Just classic. I'm going to play it. My God, do you think Walter Johnson cared about a spin rate? How about Ruth? The Machio. 
I mean, come on. Mickey Mantle. Mace. Enough of the nonsense with the spin. Let me watch the ball game. It's so true. Like guys are grounding out and they're giving you the exit velo. Like so brutal. Really, really? He goes, he goes, I don't need to know if it's if it's 109 miles per hour. I know if they hit it hard. Yeah. What is <laughs> it's cool on the home runs, sure. But like oh my god. Oh Mets, Mets had a bunch of hard hit balls last night, just right yeah. to where the fielders were, to the point where they only mustered up one hit. One crazy. Hit. One hit. That's so crazy. I mean, they love one was, hitters too. Johan Santana threw threw a one hitter that they still celebrate. <laughs> That's right. The phono. Um, yeah. Speaking I mean, of cheating, it's it's man, it's tough to imagine a more brutal situation. I mean, I I could think of one at least. Well, I went to that Giants playoff game where they I don't even think they crossed past midfield against the uh, uh, Panthers. Oh my so god! Like that, that game one. was so bad. But like, can you imagine watching your team elimination game and they get one hit? Four hundred, four hundred bucks. Musgrove, Musgrove, and and then the cheating stuff. You have to get down mm, yeah. on that level. And speaking of and, spin rate, I think that's why he Buck did it because someone yeah, was in his ear like this. His spin rate, spin rate is out of control right now. We gotta check on him. So, yep. Uh, oh no, uh, yeah. dogs, right? this, this was supposed to be a New York sports town. We had the Jets win yesterday, the Giants win yesterday. Yep. And you know, if only the Mets could have gotten it done. We in Subway series would have been so cool. That's been the Subway talk series, in New York for, yep. you know, yep. since the spring. Only you know, only one team pulls their weight in this town. That's right. Uh so anyway, I mean kudos Uncle Stevie. Uncle Stevie. I don't know what happened. What happened to this? We'll see what um, happens in the offseason if he goes crazy with the with the pocketbook. We'll have to see. It better not be judged. That's all I gotta say. I if if judge if they don't re-sign judge, I'm I'm done. But uh, I I I don't know where I fall on this one. I think if they don't unless win the it's world... like sorry, unless he gets like a billion dollars from Steve Cohen or something, and I'd be like, All right, what are you gonna do in that point? If it's have... being cheap, I'm done. Yeah, yeah have to sign Aaron Judge. The most, the most obvious sign of a guy in history. Yes. I don't care what the contract is. You got to sign him. Yeah. I know. Okay. Ooh, year eight. He's not going to be worth. You know, whatever. It's Aaron Judge. He's the face of the league. I mean, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Hopefully, we'll win a World Series too. I, I'd prefer they win the World Series and then reward him with yes another loss to the astros and then a gigantic contract it's gonna pain me i think because if we're then we're rewarding not getting it done in, in my i know he's had an all-time year yeah. and he's probably gonna have a great playoffs but i just hate the fact that they might lose to the astros again and then pay him oh, they're definitely gonna lose to the astros again yeah yeah i mean it's just like we need the astros to get knocked out yes i mean yeah, that's sad. It's a sad state of affairs for Let's us. But at, least we're still, at least we're still playing. At least we're still playing. At least we're <laughs> playing. We didn't win, you know, in a hundred games and then get bounced before the yeah. weekend's over. So, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, sorry, sorry to all the Mets fans out there. Um, all right, any final words here, or uh, is that good? I, I know, yeah, that Mad Dog thing. I wanted to play. That's about it, I think. Unless you guys have <laughs> something else. You guys were uh, talking about poker before. CP and I got to check out uh, the lovely poker uh set up at the uh Montclair, upper montclair country club earlier um hopefully our bosses aren't listening to this snuck out on a monday for golf um with one of our clients and uh but apparently i know that, I know that explains a lot to myers right yeah now. it does 
but the lovely say, so, someone was looking for you. <laughs> oh. I know, I had no idea where you were. That's too. Hey, did you get to play too? At least. Well, that's what I'm saying. Apparently, there's legendary uh, Tuesday night poker games at Upper Montclair. So if anyone's ah. listening to this and wants to extend out an invite, yeah, it's like there'd be nothing more perfect than like the Soprano setup. Tuesday night poker room. Up, What's the buy-in? What's the buy-in? Buy That's it. Oh, okay. yeah. Hold them. Oh, doable. Very, very doable. Money. I thought you were sounds like sounds like you'll get cleaned out by some of these guys though. Oh, probably. Yeah. Well, you know. So yeah, I, I think I'm pretty good at poker. I, I would probably, you know, get cleaned you out. Do a golf digest poker thing. You should and you know, back in uh quarantine, Mike Johnson's club would have like poker nights every like once a week, like online, and I would do oh, it with the Rock Ridge oh, members. Nice. Uh okay. did pretty well. And so, you know, if anyone from Upper Montclair is listening and wants to extend the invite, happy to make the drive up the parkway. There we go. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Awesome. As and always, shout out wow. to the Donnellys for building a great bar setup right there. Legend. The CP's uh dad's company. So Donnelly oh. Industries. Yeah. Wow, New Jersey golf royalty. I mean, just Literally. name 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 a New Jersey clubhouse, and I bet uh, I bet Donnelly Industries has has done a little work to it. Yep. Check them out online at www. Yeah, I, I I thought I had the number memorized. I was just about to say it, but I don't think I do. <laughs> you need that. <laughs> so good. All right, um, all right, good stuff. Uh, thanks again to Ross Tucker for joining us. Thanks as always to our producer. Greg Gottfried, who's got even more non-golf stuff to go through this week. Thanks, as always, to our listeners. Please keep listening. Please subscribe. Really appreciate it. Um, Check back next week. See if Stevie gets that poker invite. Woo! See you.